Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode 112. Greetings, everyone. I hope you are having as good a week as you possibly can under the circumstances. Now, by the time this episode airs, I will have been back in Malawi for nearly two weeks. And finally, it's beginning to feel like I've never been away. And the reason for this is because, well, Malawi is just so much more surer of its status in its own world. And there are people trying really hard not to tie the country or the people to definitions of success that come from the West and the UK in particular. And I say the UK because the UK was the colonial master of Malawi from 1861 to 1966, and that's only the official documented repression of Malawi and its people. Of course, the history of oppression, repression, tyranny, subjugation and murder of African people across Africa, including Malawi, goes back much further than 1966, when Malawi got flag independence. And because of that, it continues right up to this present time. But we still try to make a way through. We don't give up. We keep pushing. We keep fighting. Now, when you visit Malawi, you will easily be able to see why Malawi is called the warm heart of Africa. And so this week, I thought I would open you up to some of the key differences between Malawi and the UK that float my boat Because, well, it's good to rub it in a little. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, of course I didn't mean that. But what I do mean is that whenever possible, we have to put the real picture of what African countries are like so we can counter the negative bias that is portrayed in Western media on a daily basis. So by the time I returned to Malawi, I had been out of the country for 21 months. And at times, it felt like the longest 21 months in my recent life, especially when I linked life in the UK to COVID living. And so when I returned, the first thing that I noticed that was different between Malawi and the UK was that life in Malawi had not changed one bit. Remember, Malawi is on the UK government's red list as one of the most dangerous COVID countries in the world. So you would expect that when you enter the country, you would see evidence of the COVID dangers posed by Malawians that got them onto the red list. But I kid you not, there is nothing here. I am the biggest danger walking about in Malawi and not the other way around. Why? Because I've come from a Western country with one of the highest COVID death tolls in the world. 
And for Malawians, when they hear my accent, they know that I am more likely to pose a threat to them. So they quickly walk away. And who can blame them? Speaking to friends and neighbours, it quickly becomes clear that life in Malawi has continued in exactly the same way in the villages where I live and frequent. People report that they've gone about their daily business in exactly the same way as they did before COVID. Absolutely nothing has changed. They're astonished that in the UK, I went through home confinement, lockdown, food shortages for things like flour, rice, pasta, bread and milk. And they break into hysterical laughter when I tell them that toilet paper was being rationed. They simply can't believe this because to some, Britain is the land of plenty always. And so hearing my experiences in the UK during COVID makes Malawians feel a sense of pride that they are better off in their little country in East Africa where life has continued the same every day since I left. That isn't to say that COVID hasn't affected some. It has. And sadly, there have been 1,300 deaths in Malawi compared to the 170,000 deaths in the UK. Because remember, the deaths that get reported on in the press are only the deaths in hospitals. And from the records that they're happy to talk about, the actual official death toll, including everybody, is inching up towards 180, 190,000. So 1,300 compared to 170, 180,000 deaths. So you can understand why they're shocked. So COVID in Malawi has affected those people who move between countries and who mix with people from other Western and Asian countries and who are much more mobile, frequenting places where people are likely to have contracted COVID coming in from other countries. But for the majority of people who live in Malawi, there has been absolutely no change to how life is lived. And this is what I saw when I went to the markets to buy vegetables. Women who run the markets and are the main traders, well, they look like they've been sat in the same place since the day I left. No urgency there. And the markets are thronging with people going about their daily business and doing what they've always done. And yet Malawi is supposed to be one of the most dangerous COVID countries in the world. My feeling? Well, something is definitely at play here. And there is clearly something about Malawi that the UK government doesn't want you to know. The second difference about life in Malawi compared to life in the UK is that the winters in Malawi are like the average summer days in the UK. I kid you not. We are now in winter in Malawi and sadly... The average temperature is between 23 and 28 degrees centigrade or between 76 and 86 degrees Fahrenheit. It's great. It's like all my summer days have come all at once. But in the UK, 
the average spring day is between 9 and 12 or 48 and 54 degrees Fahrenheit. So what is there to miss? Since getting to Malawi, I have loved the need to run around sorting things out because this has given me loads of opportunities to get out there and be in the sun. My family and friends keep trying to protect me by trying to limit my sun contact to only when I'm in the shade. And I'm like, nah, I want to burn. They laugh and I sit in the sun and top up my vitamin D. Again, they're shocked when I speak about the lack of sunshine in the UK. And the shock comes because some Malawians genuinely believe that the way the West holds itself up as perfect countries, that this should extend to them being able to control the weather to make sure the UK has all of the hot days. Or else, why would people stay there? They are genuinely shocked when I tell them about the lack of sunshine in the UK. And again, their response is to say that they are so much better off than I am and that I should stay in Malawi and never return to that cold country. Getting regular sun in my bones is one of the best things about being home because every day I wake up, I wake up to warm sunshine, even in winter. And alongside that, we have genuinely warm people to go with that sun. Like I said, it's great. The third difference between Malawi and the UK is the food. (laughs) My God, if you're a vegan like me, you are going to be in heaven here. As I think I've mentioned before, Over 90% of the population in Malawi eat a vegan diet between three and six days per week here. And because of this, many people farm vegetables as a staple. And what that means for a vegan like me is that there are always fresh vegetables and fruit to eat every day of the week. And I love to see what Malawians do with vegetables that makes them taste so good. No boring boil and serve here. Nah, here vegetables are mixed with nuts and beans and other staples to give you all the proteins, vitamins and minerals you need from your diet. Which for someone like me, with an active sickle cell trait, well, it's a great way to eat. And the prices, well, what can I say? If you go across to my Instagram page at Living Your Best Life in Africa, I'll be posting a picture from when we went vegetable shopping. You can only see about two thirds of what we bought at the market because the phone camera lens just wasn't big enough. But everything you see in the picture, plus about another four different types of vegetable, all of that cost us the equivalent of nine pounds. And that includes a full basin of tomatoes that you can see in the bottom left of the picture. A full basin! To buy six tomatoes in the market in the UK is about one pound and just a little bit more if you buy from a supermarket. So what we had in the basin alone came to about eight pounds at UK prices. So as a vegan, I eat the best ever when I'm home in Malawi. And what's great is that everyone else eats like me at the best of times. 
So whilst people might be looking at my head and wondering if all that they see is my own hair, they are not looking at my plate and wondering how I survive on vegetables. It's such a refreshing change. There is such a difference between Malawi and the UK where vegetables are seen as a bit of a luxury in the UK. Whereas in Malawi, vegetables are a staple of our diet and also everyone farms vegetables. So they are very easy to buy and it's very easy to eat seasonally here. And whilst on the subject of buying, this brings me on to the fourth difference between the UK and Malawi. The fourth thing I love is that in Malawi, my money goes further here. Now, there are always two types of spending when you visit African countries, either in the Caribbean or on the continent of Africa. You have local spending and you have tourist spending. Me, I like to spend the local way. And what that means is that whatever I am looking for, I want to buy what the locals buy. And when I do that, I can pay prices that are two to three times cheaper than what I would pay if I were shopping where tourists shop or where people with money do their shopping. Me, I like getting 60 tomatoes for £8 rather than six tomatoes for £1.50 had I bought them in a Malawi supermarket. And everything is like that here. If you buy what locals buy and shop where locals shop, buying from street traders who don't have fancy concessions in John Lewis or Sainsbury's, if you buy where street traders sell their wares, you can definitely make that money stretch so much further. So much so that I find that when I'm in Malawi, I actually save money in my UK bank accounts because there just aren't the range of inflated food prices or expensive diversionary things that I can spend my money on. In the UK, I have Amazon Prime to respond to my every need. In Malawi, I have Amazon go on foot and deliver it to your own home yourself. And I also keep hearing those famous words, you don't need, quickly followed by someone bringing an example of something that I need bought for me via a street vendor that does the job just as well, saving me a fair bit of money. I've been here when people have visited Malawi and I've heard them complaining that Malawi is expensive and has eaten all their money. And that would be right. Malawi is an expensive place to live if you do all your socialising and spending where tourists and rich people spend. Do that and you're guaranteed that your money will not go as far as you would like. This is something I'm glad I picked up on very early on because all the money I save leaves enough for me to help people whilst I'm in Malawi and also leaves me enough for my one indulgence which is to buy African print material which I love and which can retail for about £9 for six metres of top quality cloth here in Malawi the equivalent of which would be closer to 20 or 30 pounds for the same quality of material in the UK. So the moral of this point is that it's good to think before you buy 
And that way, you give yourself more time to source what you need at a fraction of the price. That, for me, makes me a happy shopper. And the final difference I want to point out are the opportunities in Malawi for African women to just be adored. In the UK, at times, there is so little love for African women. And coming to Malawi here, there is such a love for African women. And in particular, African women who come from different countries. And in the most part, this has nothing to do with people wanting a UK passport or people seeking entry into other European countries. Malawians will tell you that they love their country and don't want to move. No, instead, there is a genuine warmth for wanting to learn from you and wanting to know what your country is like and generally just wanting to befriend you and talk to you. And that is so very, very, very different to being in the UK. You can guarantee when I'm in the UK, at least once a week, I will be racially abused by people who believe that they have a right to determine who should be in the country and who shouldn't be in the country. And until I open my mouth, I've just arrived to them. And in Malawi, it is very, very different. In Malawi, Their first interest is to see that you are happy and comfortable and then they want to find out what you think about their country. There is constant conversation about how you are doing, how your family is doing, how much of the country you've seen, offers of escorting you to local areas so you can see landmarks and beauty spots. It is just such a refreshing change to have people who want to befriend you without strings. Now, am I saying that there aren't people who will dig out your yayol to get access to your valuables and cash? Of course, that's not what I'm saying. We find those people everywhere. I am also not saying that we don't have African men in the West who stand out because they stand up for African women. We have men like this too in Western countries. But for someone who has travelled a lot and has had to deal with all kinds of issues and a range of different people with different motives, whether those people are in Western countries or other African countries, it is a real refreshing change to be able to take time developing relationships with people who only want good things to happen for me and are prepared to help me achieve those things by accompanying me to where I need to be, helping me to solve problems and being prepared to clear a path for me to get my work done. One of the saddest things in this current time is that lots of African women in the West don't know what it feels like to be adored just for being African women and nothing else. For that alone, Malawians deserve medals because lots of men and women take time to make African women feel valued and important. And every African woman should have the opportunity to experience that. Now, am I saying that all men will behave like this towards us in Malawi? No, I'm not saying that. 
Wherever we go, there will be men and women on both sides who will not act in a positive way towards each other. And I've experienced that too in Malawi. But what I am saying is that in the main, my experiences have been really positive. And having been born in the UK and lived there all of my life, I have had more positive experiences from the people in Malawi than the general European population in the UK. My experiences have been really positive and it is such a refreshing change to have people rooting for you and for your success because they see your success as Malawi's success. Like I said, it's really refreshing and you get double props if you say you want to live in Malawi. That statement is likely to be met with a response that you are most welcome because Malawi is your home and you will be at home and treated better if you stay in Malawi than if you return to a country where you ration toilet paper. So these are the five things I wanted to share with you at this early stage because it's important to stimulate our minds to open up to experiencing things that we ordinarily would miss out on by living enforced narrow existences in the West. It's so important that we get out and we see what else is out there that can stimulate passions in us to drive forward to live our best lives on our terms. For Malawi, the five differences that impress me the most are the humility of the people and how this has been applied to dealing with COVID, the weather and how this uplifts mind, body and spirit, the food and how this supports you to eat to live rather than to live to eat, the money exchange rate and how this makes your money go further if you follow what local people do, And finally, the enthusiasm of Malawian people for you to experience the warm and positive side of Malawi. On a final note, remember to head over to my social media pages to see the first pictures coming through of me in Malawi. Let me know what you think by leaving a comment. And if you have a question you would like me to answer or a topic you would like me to do a podcast about, Drop me a line in the comments boxes on my pages or on the page for this podcast edition. I would love to hear from you and I'm always happy to help because I want for you what you want for yourself. So take the opportunity to dream big. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asher and for this week, I'm 